Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, fire. Welcome to another episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Edwards, and as always, the half-blood prince to my potion tests, Mr. Robert Lundgren. How you doing, buddy? Hello, hello. I'm doing good, Jonathan. How you doing? That was a bit of a mouthful. That one was harder than it sounded. I, I seek to challenge you, my friend. And you won. Congratulations. I have my moments. <laughs> and they are so few and far between. Lately, you should relish them. Absolutely. Well, as always, we want to get started with a big old thank you to our patrons over at Patreon. You guys help us keep the lights on this uh, shindig we call a podcast and help the madness continue to roll. Thank you very much. Of course, if you want to become a patron, just head over to patreon.com slash is it FMD? No, it's Forgot My Dice. Just head over to patreon.com slash Forgot My Dice and uh, click on all the happy little buttons. Send us a couple bucks and we will turn that into 1000% entertainment. If we get to 20 bucks, we will make Jonathan stream uh, his uh, his DCS world, which which I've I, I've witnessed. And how was it for you, buddy? It was riveting watching you crash into stuff and fail to take off. Yeah, that was uh, we've come a long way from then. I know exactly <laughs> what went wrong. <laughs> oh, OK. I'll that, was when within, I see that was within hours uh, of me for having first hot in the F-14 Tomcats uh, cockpit. Things have improved since then. Yeah, but you read that whole manual, man. How did you? How did you not know? Physical feel is a different thing. Uh, I'm just saying, man. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. To use the internet parlance. <laughs> the internet <laughs> murdering the English language since 1996. Uh, there's no such thing as murdering the English language, sir. Language evolves. <sighs> if it didn't change, we'd be talking like Shakespeare right now, and we ain't. So deal with it. So does anybody out there use Reddit? Because I've been uh, I've been fooling around on Reddit recently, which we will get to as it pertains to my D and D game. But yeah, I, I've been, I've been thinking about, I don't know what on Reddit. I'm still figuring it out, but if apparently I can have a friends list. So if anybody has, wants to be my friend on Reddit, man, like, like jump on that. I'm all over that right now. Reddit's fun. I like Reddit. Wait, 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 back up, back up. You like Reddit. You live in Austin and you like Reddit. No way. <laughs> I know it is kind of like the, uh, the hotbed of, uh, Redditness. When I was living in Austin, uh, pe- many many people actually told me that per capita, uh, Austin is the heaviest Reddit using city in the nation. I'm not at all surprised. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Ever told you my uh, hipster joke? You've probably never heard it. No, <laughs> that's too easy. Do you know how many hipsters it takes to screw in a light bulb? It's some big number you you've never heard of before. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Some obscure number you've never heard. Some obscure number you've never heard of before. Jonathan, recycling the jokes, going green. I I asked if you'd heard it before. You could have said yes, and there wouldn't have been recycling. You have moved on from hipster to hippie, my friend. And that is, I don't know if that's step up or step down, but that is a step in the baby direction. Because, yeah, you you still obviously have had no sleep because of your child. Yeah, well, I mean, things are getting better, but uh, there is a distinct lack. You know, you know what? I, I've been thinking more and more about the twins lately as I've been sort of vicariously going through this baby stuff with you and hating you, by the way, hating you. Because I'm, I'm, I'm snorting that, that sweet, sweet baby smell. 
No, no. Well, no. Well, I hate you for that too. No, 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 no. Okay. So you know how when you play a board game, if you're playing like a game that's supposed to be designed for two players, but in theory you can add like a third player to it. And how it does that weird effect of it doesn't add like a third more time and actually just doubles everything. Yeah. Twins quadruple everything. And so that phase of my life where I wasn't getting any sleep was like four times as long. And you're like talking about stuff. And I remember months passing before we started like hitting that mark. And I, j- I just hate you so much, Jonathan. Well, and you know, every child's a little bit different because I can tell you this much um, of the three little ones that I've had at this stage in their life. I can tell you by far, she is the most difficult which, by comparison to the notes from many other parents, is still reasonably easy. Oh man, you would have you would have really hated me with Chloe. Man, she was sleeping six hours by the end of the second week. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, every everything just takes. Uh, it's awful. Like uh, right now, we've let the the little guys have like the run of the place where we're taking down the baby gates because you, you just got it at some point. They've got to just learn the rules, and they're going to destroy a few things. You just kind of have to accept it at this point, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, part of the baby life. But it's just it's just so bad because like so Barry Barry's all over everything. He he's the Flash and he's been learning the rules, you know. But but that little jerk, he knows the rules based off of who is present, not that those are the rules, right? And so my poor wife is sitting there screaming at him because uh, we we have a rule: don't go in the kitchen when someone's cooking. You know, there's hot stuff. It's it's easy. And he That's he's a, a good, good kid for me. I, we have the same rule in my in my house. Right, right. And he's a good kid. We have this little carpet right in front of our kitchen, like a little rug, and he'll 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 stand on the edge of it, but that we say like don't go past the rug. And and he won't go past the rug with me. With me. But if Gina's there, all of a sudden the rug rule does not apply because, you know, this is a different uh, rules interaction, I guess. And I'm like, "No. No, it's the same rules interaction, Barry." It's the same. And here's the thing, too. Once Barry learns a rule, if Miles doesn't remember the rules, suddenly Barry doesn't remember the rules either. So now I have to teach him like four times because there's all these different rules interactions. And you would think Gina plus daddy would 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 equal the same thing. But no, no, it's Gina has to teach him the rules. I have to teach him the rules. We have to teach him the rules when we're there together. And then and then we have to do Miles on top of that. And it multiplies exponentially. And it's horrifying, dude. And I hate it. And I hate you. Because you're only going to have to do it once, and I'll have to do it like nine times or something. And it, uh, yes, let me be the first to say this is this is, this is the last hurrah. This is it. I'm done after this. I'm retiring. No, oh, gee, this yeah, is not yeah. as easy. Ten years later, it not even remotely as easy. It, it wasn't even as easy five years later when I did it with two of them. Still hate you. Still hate you. But I love you. You're very conflicted, Robert. As I tell my eldest. Uh, when she asks me what it's like to grow up, I say everything just gets more complicated. And uh, there you go. My feelings are complex on this issue. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, shall we move on? Well, Jonathan, uh, in the spirit of uh, of moving on, I don't know, and being comfortable or whatever, happy National Wear Your Pajamas to Work Day. Hey! Yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. That's good Are stuff. you planning on wearing your pajamas to work? No. You know Why? Why? I, apparently they arrest you if you walk outside in nothing but boxers. Technically they shouldn't. It's pretty warm in Austin, right? That's like wearing a swimsuit. Yeah, you walk I out of your house like wearing a swimsuit. I feel like it might be pushing things, you know? I feel like it might be pushing. I don't know if the world's ready for me. Now, now walking into your office park in a swimsuit, that might be a faux pas. I think you can get, get away walking out of your house. I'm just saying. Potentially. Potentially. It's, uh, I don't know. It's definitely pushing boundaries. 
yeah, it's also National Eggs Benedict Day, so you can have a, a outstanding breakfast, people, and wear your pajamas to work, and also apparently make healthcare decisions because it's also na- National Healthcare Decision Day. So cool beans. I am super excited. I'll be in uh, San Diego visiting my pop soon, and when I go, uh, I'm definitely planning on getting my favorite breakfast. There you go. There you go. Is it Eggs Benedict? Kono's Cafe in Pacific Beach, Um, right on the ocean. It's uh, sublime. Highly recommended. All right, moving right along. Let's go ahead and hop into our off-the-shelf segment. This is, of course, our segment where we talk about all the things that we've taken off of our shelves, put onto our tables, and more importantly, placed gently, with great love and affection, into our hearts. You know, I like how you tell me that you're tired and you want to speed this up and be fast. You do this a lot. And then, and then you, you say things in such a long-winded way that we can't possibly move on quickly. Like, you don't even follow your own advice. And it's, it's just something I love about you. It's one of those weird personality quirks. Yeah, well, you know, do it again. Move right along. <laughs> Robert, my list is going to be really short. How about yours? Oh, my God. I got great stuff, dude. All, new things all around. All right. We're kicking, it, uh, we're kicking it old school. Let's go ahead and start with board games this time. Well, this one will be easy for me. Uh, I play Potion Explosion, but we can't talk about that because we are going to dive deep into the explosion of potions. I'm really excited about talking about this with you. Yeah, yeah, it's a good game. It's a good game. But, but, uh, but, but, but it's just a bit. What have you been playing, Jonathan? In terms of board games, uh, not a ton that I haven't already been talking about on the show a lot. Uh, it's been a little bit short on time, so we've been reaching for the things that I already know the, uh, the rules to. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids and I played some more Robotech Ace Pilot. It continues mm-hmm. to be a fun little uh, puzzle to work out. Uh, it's great, too, because it's really small and portable, so sometimes we'll take it with us if we're going to go out to lunch. Nice. Uh, Fireball Island, not portable, not easy to play during lunch. Oh, did our deep dive, like, inspire you? Yes, yes. When we were talking about the deep dive, that totally, totally inspired me. So uh, Fireball Island made a return trip. We played with every single expansion, and it was great. It was fun. Highly recommended with the expansions. You, you didn't, because uh, you don't handle the Twitter account, you didn't see the fun Twitter interaction I had with Restoration Games, did you? No, no. So, you know, I tweeted out that we were covering, um, that we covered it, and then I, there was that rule that came up that we couldn't find. I, I figured out what it was. Uh, we went back through it. The rule that we were having problems finding was, it was, when does the endgame get triggered with the helicopter? It was a little vague. Like, does it end two turns later or whatever? And we had to ask the internet, and, and it was... It could have gone both ways. It was just worded a little poorly. But other than that, that was that was the rule um, that I couldn't remember. I we, we we had to like like scratch our brains for that one because none of us really remembered it. So, but I made that big deal about how like I failed all of you because I couldn't remember that rule. And then uh, Restoration Games uh, replied to the tweet and said, "Okay, but now we have to know what was the rules question, Robert? What was the rules question, Robert?" <laughs> it was all in caps. And then I followed up with. Uh, I failed all of you, knowing us it was getting our wires crossed and remembering D&D rules or something, to which they replied, you probably forgot the opportunity attack rule. If you are adjacent to Volcar and move more than one space away, he gets a free cataclysm. That is a legitimate statement. I did forget that particular rule. No, that's not a real rule. He was just joking. He was just joking. That would explain why I forgot it, Robert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an AOO. It's an AOO from D&D. God, I hate you. And then, you know, and we went back and forth a couple times and we were being silly. It was good times. It was good times. So it, it's a cute Twitter thread. Uh, that happened on April 2nd, if you want to go look at it. So, but there you go. Restoration Games, man. Keeping it real. Knowing the D&D. Oh, oh, and you know what they said out loud? Do you know what they said out loud during that little interaction, Jonathan? They are writing a Fireball Island-based 
Dungeons and Dragons adventure that they're going to release for free on the interwebs. Can I be just the first to say how dope that is? That is so good. I am such a fan of that. Wait, 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 wait. Do you want it to be better? You ready for it? It uses the board. <gasps> Shut your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Except when you go into the caves, they're going to make a dungeon that is the caves. <laughs> That's really cool, actually. That's really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. I they, they, they claim to be totally serious about that one, so so we'll see what, <laughs> what happens. But they say they're going to release it, air quotes, soon on the internet for free. I'm down. I think that's a great. Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. If there, if if I didn't need an excuse to buy that game, that might that might have been it. That might have been it. And and you know what? We can get our our, our wires crossed, and you could totally run that Nixalon because you know tropical island searching for treasure. That's Nixalon. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's legit. That's legit. All right. What else have you been playing? Yeah, I see f- photosynthesis. Oh, and finally, yes, uh, I took out photosynthesis uh, for uh, reasons that uh, we won't go too in depth into uh, here for right now. But I was reminded of how lovely that game is. It's just a fun experience with a really nice physical look. It's a it's a, it's a fine little production. Yeah. Nice. Well, let's go ahead and move into movies and TV, Robert. Why don't you kick this one off? Okay, I, I've watched a lot. Do we do we want to ping pong this, or should I just go all through it? Because it's going to well, be well. The long. first one, the first one you've got on your list, I too watched. So I'm glad that you have it on there. Oh, Love, Death, and Robots. Yes, but I'm not completely done with it yet. I I watched four episodes. It's it's nighttime viewing, and we're still doing Veronica Mars. So uh, which one yeah, is the fourth ha- episode? I'll I'll tell you if we're the, if I'm through it or not. Uh, I don't. Uh, well, here's the thing: the, the episodes are different for everybody. You know that they air them in an order they think that you'll enjoy them in. Oh, really? Yeah, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> yes. Did you see the one about the farmers? That's my yes. I saw so that. Yeah, I like I like the one about the farmers quite a bit. That one's the, friggin' amazing. That one just had me grinning from ear to ear the whole time. Yeah, that was that was really good. I yeah, I've watched. Yeah, I don't want to go into it because I, I I need to watch them all. But like I said, it's just it's been slow going. Um, I've been. I think because um, the account that we're on, the first person to watch it watched it on a very ad blocked internet. It got it locked them to their actual order because they do have a production order. Um, and so I, I have been watching in production order. So I'm up to episode four. If you if you look at the Wikipedia article, and they have been airing in order. But if you don't have that, I, I know for a fact it it airs them in the order of of what it thinks your interest is. That's interesting. That's neat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen Love, Death, and Robots, basically it was uh, Tim Miller, the director of the original Deadpool, and Cronenberg? Uh, Somebody. I don't know, man. It's basically Heavy Metal uh, 2019. That was it. They wanted to make a new Heavy Metal series, but they couldn't get it off the ground, and, and they they couldn't get the license and whatever, but Netflix threw money at them and say, why don't we just like not call it Heavy Metal and call it something else? <laughs> uh, nailed it. Yeah, yeah. And the episodes are short. The longest one's like 30 minutes, and typically they're 10 to 15. And it's just weird little sci-fi stories. It is heavy metal, so it's a little misogynist, and there's a lot of nudity. Nothing too bad I've seen so far, but yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I've heard nudity, stories. Yeah, but I can't say that it's necessarily been super misogynistic. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I, I saw I an episode I, with a metric ton of nudity in it, but the female character was a badass. Well, was it the time loop one? No, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, oh wait. Okay. No, I did see that one. That was interesting. Yeah. yeah. That was twisted, man. That was the more Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, I've been watching the new Twilight Zone. We we fired up the CBS again to watch that show. Okay, so you can watch one of the episodes for free on the interwebs. It is called The Comedian. And I don't know why they put that one on the interwebs, because that one of of the two that have aired so far by far was the weakest one. I was watching it and it made me think that uh 
Twilight Zone in season four went to an hour long format and and it kind of didn't work because a lot of the stories just didn't have an hour's worth of material in them. And the comedian was the same way, like the the gimmick of the episode. They probably could have done it like two less times and still gotten the point across. And it it just it, it just dragged. It was just a little too long. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, but the but uh, the uh, the second episode, Nightmare at thirty thousand feet, which has very little to do with uh, the Nightmare at twenty thousand feet episodes, it, besides the title um, and a couple of like Easter eggs, like you see like a, a stuffed animal of the Goblin from the original one. There's like a few references here and there, but nothing major. That one was good. You know, that one, it didn't overstay its welcome. It kind of did what it needed to do and then had like a Twilight Zone. What a twist. Was it social commentary or anything that the Twilight Zone's known for? No, it was just a mind screw. But <laughs> but it was good. Like I was watching it. And I, I was just like it, I was just like, this is this is just fun and weird. And, and it just felt Twilight Zoney. And I'm, uh, yeah. I'm excited to watch it because it's Jordan Peele. And I've got a copy of Get Out sitting on my desk right now. And I hear nothing but the best things about it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he he and he's a better Rod Serling than Forrest Whitaker and whoever did it in the eighties was. He has that weird otherworldliness that uh, Sterling had, you know, just because Jordan Peele can kind of talk in a way that just seems like he's not there. <laughs> it's weird, you know what I mean? Like, there's just something about him, like a persona he can throw up. That's that's what the show needs. Forrest Whitaker is too down to earth. He 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 doesn't seem like a, he just wasn't a good narrator for the stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so far, so good. The first episode, the one you can watch for free, is, is the weak one. Uh, the second one was much better. Uh, and if they, I mean, the Twilight Zones had hits and misses, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So they, they premiered two episodes uh, on April 2nd on Monday. And then there was nothing this week, but then starting next Thursday, uh, and then every Thursday until they're out of episodes, they'll just release one more episode. So they released two and then they took like a week and a half off. It's weird. I don't know, but whatever. There, so there should be a new one on Thursday. I'm excited. Well, there you go. Good stuff. I'm, I'm glad it's tur- turning out. All right. I had a, I had some pretty high hopes for it. Yeah. 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 And, and you can see the one for free. And like I said, it's not bad. It's just, it drags. It's, it's a little too long. Finished up Mindhunter on Netflix. Nice. Uh, let me just say, uh, David Fincher, he's been one of my favorite filmmakers for a long time. This show solidifies why he is probably the best in his class. He is amazing. The show's great. He directed a couple of the episodes, uh, including the last one, which was jaw-dropping. And I cannot recommend that show highly enough. There is a reasonable amount of gore in it. I mean, it is, after all, a show about studying serial killers. But the the serial killer is not the main star. I'll give that one a go. I like uh, procedurals and whatnot, so... It's fascinating. It's fascinating. You really have to take into account the the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it takes place in like the 50s, 60s, somewhere in there. No, uh, it starts in 1977. Okay, 70s. Oh, even better. (laughs) Even better. So I saw Captain Marvel uh, with the daughter and the wife uh, a while ago. I saw it right after uh, right after we recorded last, actually. Uh, Yeah, thumbs up for me. It was good. I really liked it. I, I honestly can't think of any complaints. Oh, actually, no, I can think of one complaint. Like, Jesus, Marvel, why'd that take so long? But uh, other than that, <laughs> it was it was it was a good flick. It was fun. And and as I was watching it, I um, Captain Marvel did the did the Spider-Man thing, which is, you know, just being too stubborn to not to not stay down, you know, just getting back up constantly. And and I'm like, that's what the human like racial stuff in D&D needs to be. None none of this like we're like good at everything. It's like, no, we're we're too stubborn to lie down, (laughs) even though we shouldn't. That should be the human trait, because that that kind of like that's the Spider-Man thing. It's the Captain Marvel thing. I was like, that's awesome. 
you know, it's funny that you talk about that. We've we've watched Spider-Verse like another three or four times in the house because the kids love it so much. You didn't talk about Spider-Verse yet. Oh, I did not? No. Yeah, well, we watched Into the Spider-Verse. It's Finally, yeah. amazing. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? My, my, my favorite part is, you know, Peter... Uh, well, okay, there's there's a section where one of the Peters is, is fighting... Um, fighting one of the bad guys and he gets hit and he's down and he, he just kind of mutters under his breath. And it's, a, it's, a, it's almost like a throwaway line, except it's so important in the movie. And he says, uh, I'm just so tired. <laughs> yeah, that's Peter. Yeah. But I mean, like it's, it's such a powerful moment, you know, given the rest of the film and it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, like I just, I am in awe of the uh, quality of that film. Just in awe. As a piece of art, it pushed animation forward. I've only seen that once in my lifetime, and I wasn't old enough to appreciate it. And that was Toy Story, obviously. But the script, I mean, the script is phenomenal. Too. The, oh, like dude. That, yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. The script's completely on point. Like, it's it's great. It, it makes you just scream out, where were you for the Amazing Spider-Man? Because those movies were so not this. <laughs> those movies, like, Andrew Garfield was just fine as Spider-Man. Like, he actually was, I thought, a... a a better Spider-Man than Tobey Maguire. The problem was those movies had no heart. I, I cannot speak highly enough about into the spider verse. That, that movie's great. We've been, no, we've been agreed. watching it quite a bit too. Like Awen's a- madly in love with it. Cause she likes, uh, she likes everybody. I mean, yeah, she likes spider Gwen the best, obviously, but yeah, she really likes, um, she also likes miles a lot. Probably because miles, her brother is her favorite right now, but you know, <laughs> I have a feeling it's the name recognition a little bit more than anything. But then again, she loves all the spiders and she, she has a crush on Peter Parker too. So I shouldn't say that out loud. She gets really mad when I say that she has crushes. Oh, she totally has crushes. You know who else she has a crush, <laughs> a crush on Dan TDM. You can go down that rabbit hole by yourself. You're welcome. I'm afraid to, is this a YouTube thing? It's a YouTube thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I would rather play video games than watch people play video games. No, we're not going down that rabbit hole. You just said that out loud. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move right along. What else have you been watching? That's about it. We're we're, wrap, we're finishing up Veronica Mars right now. We're on season three. So once we get through with this, we got to do the movie, and then we're going to read the two books, and we'll be all ready for the the reboot show. Not reboot. Continuation show on Hulu in, like, September, I think, is when it's supposed to come out. But yeah, I've been uh, I've been getting my teen noir on for a while now, and it's uh, yeah, yeah, noir man. <laughs> it's a it's a deep genre. I've been I've been reading a lot about it for for other reasons too. But yeah, it, it, Veronica Mars continues to be good. They changed the format in season three, so in seasons one and two, they had like a big season long mystery that she was kind of trying to solve. Typically, is like B plots every couple of episodes, you know, kind of like the X Files or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, in this season. They have shifted gears to there are, uh, from what I've read, there's going to be three sort of mini mysteries. So she just solved the first mini mystery and it, it kind of bumped us into the second one. The, the first one was there was a, uh, uh, it was a lovely story. There was a, a serial rapist on her college and she finally figured out who it was. And then that moved into somebody murdered uh, the dean of students. And sh- so she's trying to figure out who that is right now. Yeah, you were talking about the uh, serial rapist in the last episode, which but, yeah. taken out of context is a terrible statement. <laughs> yes yes it is but yeah yeah it's uh you know i mean everybody's corrupt 
uh, Veronica doesn't trust anybody because she really doesn't. Uh, most of the time, that that train of thought with her is rewarded very well, but you know, it screws over her personal life. Yada yada yada. It's it's a good show. I've been really enjoying it, and um, it got me to read Bubble Gumshoe again uh, while I was working out. And, yeah, that's what you're uh, saying. Yeah, it's completely the Veronica Mars RPG. Like, uh, so much so, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but, like, my wife, you know, like, she'll pause shows sometimes. It's like, how would you handle this in the in the rules of the game? And so we, we get into a chat about it because she's kind of fascinated by the po- concept. So. <laughs> it's because Bubblegum Shoe is awesome. That's such a neat system. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's the one that I'm most glad you told me to buy. <laughs> it's a great, it's, it's great. It's a great little game. And, you know, I mean, you don't have to play it all dark and noir like Veronica Mars. You know, if you're playing it with your kiddos, you can just have it be kind of Scooby-ish because it covers that, too. But, yes, it can be very dark if you want to go there. All right, so you've been watching the OA? Yeah, it's a Netflix show. I'll be honest with you, I don't know how to classify this show. It's it's part lost, part, like, CW drama. Oh, my wife would probably like that. It's still figuring itself out. And mind you, I'm only on, like, episode three. It was suggested to me by Netflix after I finished Mindhunter. So I said, OK, why not? I'll give it a shot. Right. I don't know. Like I said, I'm just I'm I'm I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure what to think of it. I'm going to see it through to the end. It's not like it's it's turned me off enough that I don't want to watch it. So we'll see how it goes. Like I'm, I'm I'm holding judgment until I see where it's headed, because it could be something unique and interesting or it could just fall flat on its face. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Like, there's no in between here. It's either going to work or it's not. And it did get a season two. So I'm thinking it probably comes together. All right. And tell us about uh, Star Trek Enterprise. I'm sure you're familiar with Star Trek Enterprise, right? Yes. Yes. So the uh, the the kids wanted to watch something with me and they specifically wanted to watch something that was something I was interested in. For whatever reason, they decided that uh, what I'm interested in is something they needed to watch. So I was you know, banging my head against the wall, trying to figure out what to show him. And I decided to start with some Star Trek. And, uh, you know, they've, they've seen kind of the newer movies, but not, uh, they're, they're not Star Trek, right? They're just Hollywood movies. Yeah. So I decided to, to introduce him to one of the shows. And, uh, as much as I love all of the shows, trying to introduce my modern children to a show that was shot in the sixties, is probably not going to happen with any kind of success. No, so no, I figured let's start them with with one of the more modern ones uh, that's not going to make them cringe. And so I decided to start with Enterprise because also Enterprise has a good heart. And, it, you know, I think it's a good place for, for them to start. Yeah. Yeah. It took a while to figure itself out. And then when it finally did, they canceled it. <laughs> and it's like, damn it, people. Ah! I know. I know. I know. But I mean, like, like I said, it's got a good heart. It, it's a fun watch. And like we're, I think, three episodes into the first season we're we're doing it as an after school treat. If they if they do well, if they get all their homework done and we've got a little bit of time before we go um, before bedtime, then they get to watch an episode of Enterprise with me. All right. Well, I finished up uh, my first adventure of my Ravnica game the other day, actually Saturday, Saturday. There you go. <laughs> and was that everything that you desired it to be and so much more? It went really, really well. So this is why I've been on Reddit, because I stumbled into the Ravnica DM Reddit, which is like the only congregated place now that Google Plus is gone that I found people talking about Ravnica seriously. So I, I've, I've been lurking there. Long live Google Plus. Yeah, long live. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't heard my rant uh, before, basically, my buddy kind of said out loud that Ravnica is basically D&D cyberpunk. 
And I sort of like challenge accepted that and decided to uh, run a cyberpunk style adventure in a D&D setting and see if it could work and, you know, just file off all the numbers. Uh, and I, I decided to ca- start calling it neo-noir because uh, noir is just a better word than cyber or, you know, or word punk because word punk is kind of loaded. A lot of people don't like word punk. They think it's stupid. You know, be it diesel punk or cyberpunk or magic punk or steampunk or whatever. So I'm like, I'll just call it noir because uh, one, I, I was reading about the themes of cyberpunk. And one of the ones I can't do because it's a fantasy setting is cyberpunk also deals with uh, technology that is for our benefit, but it goes awry. You know, like imagine if we made a platform that could communicate and make everybody all over the world communicate. And then everybody gets in these weird little bubbles and uh, and racism pops up. You know, that would be an unintended consequence of that, you know, of this beautiful idea of just connecting people with pictures of cats. The 90s were so innocent. Yes, they were. So like, but you can't do that in Ravnica. So noir is better because you you get all the corruption and and all that other stuff that's in uh, cyberpunk, but you you don't have to deal with like the the social commentary part of it, which is, yeah, it's just you're not going to do that in a and d game. Um, So and then what I challenged myself to do was I took a cyberpunk adventure which i took a adventure called downtown data heist but for an rpg called the sprawl i uh, i converted that to ravnica and ran it i've got thoughts on it i've been posting a bit of them over on that reddit i mentioned and i'm i've been thinking about making it a blog post on the site but i haven't decided yet because i don't know if it's interesting and i also i want to have more around in case because uh, I, I don't want to like post it it's like tales from the loop you know i was going to post stuff for tales from the loop but then that game kind of fizzled out so yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I want to go on and I want to have stuff kind of in the in my pocket before I like start doing blog posts about it. Does that make any sense? I don't want that game to fizzle out. I just had a baby. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Downtown Data Heist, uh, or or as I re- renamed it, uh, Precinct Six Thoughtseize. Uh, yeah, it went really well. The players are playing, you know, kind of the the heroic scoundrel, you know, the Han Soloish characters. You know, they're they're doing jobs and getting paid. Um, and yeah, every, everybody's corrupt and everybody it's, it's got a very different vibe on it. And I've been, uh, listening to a lot of, uh, the more narrative focused DMS about how they run their games. And, uh, I've been kind of doing that, you know, like uh, we used a trust mechanic that we, we posted on the site actually a long time ago. And, uh, when people would offer to use those, uh, those trust dice to assist with something, I would ask the person who was then rolling, like, how, how is this character helping you? Like, what are they doing? And, you know, and just asking questions of people and making them fill in blanks instead of making, forcing me to fill in blanks. Like in our first adventure, you know, I said, uh, you know, you're meeting someone, uh, like your contact wants to meet in a restaurant, that's uh you know common but secluded and you know and i i made i made the players actually make it up and they made up a coffee bar somewhere you know (laughs) it was fun Mm -hmm. so yeah no it it worked out really well everybody had like a really good time and you know i don't know i i post a longer thread of it over on that that reddit page maybe i'll I'll link to it in the show notes or something but yeah it worked out really well thumbs up i will do again i'm i'm actually uh, i've picked out the next adventure and we'll run again yeah, yeah, we'll run again. Uh, the next adventure is an old uh, Shadowrun adventure I've had sitting around for ages. I don't even know why I still own it, considering how many times I've moved. But it's called uh, Mercurial. Mercur- I can't even. Whenever I go to pronounce that word, I can't pronounce it. But uh, yeah, Merc- Mer- yeah, I can't say. I don't know. I, I psych myself out. <laughs> Mercurial. Merc- yeah, it's it's a Shadowrun adventure. 
And uh, spoiler alert, if any of my players are listening, uh, although this happens in like the first scene, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, the, the job that they get is there is a lady who is a singer and uh, she hires the crew to be her bodyguards because of reasons. And yeah, so, the, you know, it'll be it'll be, again, kind of like an anti D&D adventure, because how many D&D adventures involve like an inner a popular entertainer, you know, <laughs> especially in like an urban setting. So I don't know. It should be interesting. Yeah, that's definitely taking it in a different direction. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I am. I'm having a good time. So Ravnica, thumbs up. It's a good setting for D and D, but you just have to kind of like run it differently. And uh, you've done a big fat nothing for RPGs. So let's talk yep. about video games. That sounds games. like time. What's that? <laughs> so I've noticed you uh, you're still playing Division and Apex. So how how you've been raving to me about Division on the? Texting. I'm really impressed by that game. I mean, like I really enjoyed the Division one, but. Um, ultimately like it burned out on me after a while, but this, there's just so much more to do and there's better variety and there's better, uh, they, they figured out the loot quotient just like Diablo, you know? And you, it's just, well, you it's, know what the difference is, you know what the difference is. Okay. So, so we were talking about how Anthem, like I remember last time I said, like most of those games, you should wait a year. Yeah, it's the sequel. It's the sequel, and it learned from the first one, so it doesn't need the year. Right, exactly, exactly. So, well, no, the Division needed that year. The Division was a mess. <laughs> no, no, a yeah, mess. but what I'm saying, Division 2 didn't need that year because... No, Division 2, the like, they, they took the game as it existed at the end of the development cycle and just made a new map for it. And then they knew what kind of content people liked playing, and so they made a lot of that content. <laughs> and but there's a lot of new stuff, too. It's not just stuff from the first one. Well, I'm not saying they didn't iterate on it, but they, they built on their base. They didn't, you know, try to invent, reinvent the wheel, which is what Anthem and a whole bunch of those looter shooters that are coming up, you know, are doing. And I, I think it's that's the problem. You know, it's it's so many of these games, it, it takes them a couple of years to figure it out. And then when they when they drop, it's like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to play this game that, you know, yeah, like like frickin Destiny was a friggin mess when it launched. But now it's had three years to sort of figure itself out. Or are you going to go play this new game that has all of the same problems that Destiny did when it launched and give it three years? You know, oh, you mean like Destiny 2? Yes. Destiny 2 is in that. Yeah, that was a mess, too. Like, they didn't learn from Destiny 1. No. no. Well, that's the thing. They didn't take where their endpoint was in Destiny 1 and just, like, redo <laughs> they it. They were just like, let's do it again! From what I understand, there were two different teams. There was, like, the team that was doing it after it launched and the team that was building it from the beginning. And, yeah, those two teams are not mixing. And so when the team built it up from nothing, they just they were not privy to any of those mistakes that were, you know, iterated and designed out conference calls. They're a thing. Y'all, the division got it. I really like it anyway. It's, it's, it's well worth your time if you're a, game, a video game player. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. It's a little, a little too much gun porn for me though. I'm not going to deny that. I mean, there's a certain element to that. Anyway, moving on apex. How's apex going? Uh, so I, I'm, I'm knee deep in season one of apex, which has a lot of neat stuff in it. No map changes yet, which I, I'm starting to get to the point where I feel like the map might need to to get a shift soon. You know, not necessarily to the to the to the extremes that Fortnite takes takes it, but certainly just a, maybe even just a shuffling of where the high tier loot is because they haven't done that yet. And so it get, it's gotten to the point now. Everybody knows where the high tier loot drops, so it, the, those are the places where everybody seems to want to jump first. I reinstalled it and started playing it again, and uh, yeah, I'm reminding myself why I'm, why do I do this to myself? I just die. Because, you know, I haven't been playing for two months. and You just need to get a, a good group. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lone wolf. I don't like playing with people. <laughs> well, that's all right. Most of the, anytime I play with randoms, they end up going all lone wolf on me anyway. And then it's just like, you know, you guys, you guys realize it's a team game, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Like you, you know, playing alone, you are severely penalized. Yeah, I'm aware. So, Dead by Daylight, did you buy that, or did you get it for free like I did off the PlayStation Network? Uh, no, I'm playing it on PC, so I did buy it, but it was like 15 bucks, I think, when I bought it. It was on sale. And uh, Dale, actually, is the one that convinced me to buy it. He and his wife uh, are, are playing it, and he was like, hey, come check this out. I think you'll like it. And I played with him a couple times, and it's it's a blast. Like, it's it's silly fun. You want to talk about a game I die a lot in? That one. Oh, I died so much. <laughs> Like, uh, are, are you playing with any of the expansion packs with, like, Michael Myers or anybody? Uh, well, you know, if, if somebody owns it, they can play as Michael Myers, and it, it'll be introduced into your game, but I don't have them. I haven't even played as the killer yet. All I've played as is the survivor, and, and it's it's fun, man. It's like an 80s slasher flick. Nice. That's what they should have called it, 80s slasher flick, the game. I told you I'd report it on Spider-Man. Great game. I need to buy it. It's on my list. Like, the first time I see it on sale, like, uh, boom, it's mine. Like, that. that's just... Yeah, <laughs> it's real, real good. I've heard nothing but good things about Spider-Man. Just nothing but good. Things. It is so good. And and they did something really, really smart. Uh, they decided apparently that game did so well and Marvel's so happy with it. They're going to make a Marvel uh, video game universe now. And so Squeenix is making an Avengers game that takes place in the same world that that Spider-Man game took place in. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's nice because like right now we've got Tom Holland Spider-Man, who's teenage Spider-Man, which we've seen the death or not seen the death, but he's inhabiting that area. And then in the comics, we have 30 year old Peter, who's like schlubby Peter B. Parker from Spider-Verse, you know. And uh, so what they decided to do was set it in uh, Peter's in his like 20s right now. So he's like Peter A. Parker, I guess. Actually, he might be Peter A. Parker because his suit was in the background of Spider-Verse. I caught that the other day. Um, yeah. So the storyline's in this weird spot because Peter's like in his mid to late 20s. I think he's supposed to be 26 at this point. He said he's been Spider-Man for about 10 years. So I put him at 26 and uh, he's graduated from college, but only just. And uh, he uh, at the beginning of the game, you're actually working with Otto Octavius because he has not become uh, Doc Ock yet. So girl Doc Ock or boy Doc Ock? It's boy. You are working because I know he becomes out of Doc Ock by the end of the game. It's it's kind of like he's the big bad of the story. But at the beginning, you are working for him. And uh, and also Norman Osborn is not the Green Goblin yet. That has not occurred yet. But some of the other uh, Sinister Six are around. Like he's mentioned that he's fought the the Rhino and you you fight Shocker a couple times. So, yeah, the storyline's interesting. Rhino deserved so much more than Paul Giamatti in a tracksuit. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, 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 it's it's really good. The, the swinging mechanics are, are fun as hell, and, and ah, it's so good. <laughs> it, it's a really fun, and the storyline's really engaging. And I know Miles Morales is, is in it, because I, I just ran into his dad uh, when I had to give the game back to the library. Uh, I ran into Jefferson. And uh, so, yeah, and I know Miles is in it like he's he's a pretty major character in it. So that, that'll be pretty fun once it happens. But yeah, yeah, overall, like solidly good game, like we're definitely worth getting. Well, that's exciting because I really want to play it. And I just I don't know, man, like I, I feel bad for my PlayStation. It's just become a Blu-ray player. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's an exclusive, so you have to play it there. And it's definitely worth getting. Like if you see it cheap, get it just done. Seriously, it's that good. Yeah, you know what the problem is? It, it's it's the PlayStation remote just isn't as comfy in my hands, and so I just kind of default to the Xbox. That's part one of it. And then part two of it, honestly, everybody I know ended up buying a friggin' uh, Xbox. So it's like, if I want to play with my friends, I've got to play on the Xbox. Yeah, well, there's no multiplayer in Spider-Man, so uh. 
All right, uh, Spyro Reignited. Uh, I played that a little bit. Um, it is the Spyro games with fancy graphics. Like, they, they didn't really change anything. And that was kind of fun, but ultimately I, I played the hell out of the original Spyro game. And so, like, I kind of played it nostalgically, and then I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm good. I tried to play the hell out of the first Spyro game, but like I told you, that was the first game, the only game to date that's made me motion sick. <laughs> Well, you should give it another go. I mean, maybe maybe it's progressed or maybe something's changed. Uh, well, my they, brain's definitely trained for 60 frames a second. I, I think there must have been something up with that camera, too, you know, honestly. Yeah, yeah, the camera, yeah, everything was better. Like, it's got a lot of modern conveniences added into it, which is nice. And the graphics are way better because I remember the dragons, you know, a lot of them were, like, the same dragon model with different heads sometimes. And all of the dragons are unique now. Like, the graphics are really pretty. So I remember the the the, f- the first Spyro game was kind of interesting because that was the first time I learned that Clancy Brown did a lot of voice work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it's like, oh my god, wait a minute! You're telling me the bad guy from uh, Highlander is in here being like a t- super kitty dragon? Yeah, yeah. He he also played Lex Luthor in the Superman uh, animated series. Yeah, but that's a little more that's a little more up Krogan's alley, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, and then I also played a, a game called Little Dragons Cafe. Uh, which is all right. Uh, I played it. I played it a bit. It's by the guy who made Harvest Moon, so it's kind of a it's kind of a walking simulator. You know, you just sort of roam around and do stuff. It's a very chill game. Uh, the storyline is uh, your mom runs a little cafe uh, just in some sort of fantasy world somewhere, and then one day you wake up and she's fallen into some sort of coma, and this old guy shows up and says, "Oh, your mother's half dragon, and her dragon blood and her human blood are not getting along, and thus she's in a coma. So here's a little baby dragon, like raise it well, and that'll fix your mom. And I'm gonna hang around and try to take care of her. And so you gotta like run this cafe and raise a little baby dragon, and that's yeah. <laughs> and as the dragon gets bigger, it can do stuff to like open up more areas of the island you're on. And you hire people They're like you hire an elf and this other lady and yeah. And, and this orc who's becomes your chef because you, you eventually the, the old dude is like a wizard and he magics your, your cafe bigger. So you get an in after that. And yeah, it's a weird little game, but graphically it looks really cool because the art style, um, all the textures look like they're colored in with um, like markers or chalk or something. So everything looks, it's like really pretty to look at, you know, cause it looks like a kid's like a, a really good kids drawing so like everything looks really neat like the world is very it, it's really engaging because of that but yeah the game's just very kind of like just chill you know it's one of those games where you can just kind of sit there and play it and you're like yeah this is good i'm feeling good about this game yeah let's go find some sugar I need to go bake a cake i'll go find some sugar yeah that's good you know <laughs> so it's like bob ross the video game yes yeah 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 it's a very good bob ross the video game yeah it doesn't have all of the the fiddly bits of harvest moon it just has a lot of the chill bit all of the chill bits like cranked up so it's just it's a it's a fun game for that um i wish awen would liked it better i I probably would have gotten it if she'd liked it better because you know my daughter she really likes games where you can just sort of screw around and that's like the game of screwing around but it didn't really do much for her so i don't know i'm a little sad because i i I, there wasn't quite enough there for me to get on my own but if my kid got it i probably would have played it quite a bit but I, if if she doesn't like it, I can't quite justify getting it, you know? Yeah. And that's it. Are we done? By the way, cute kid story. Uh, my kids discovered Eowyn's drawing that she made of the family while she was out here. And uh, they have rediscovered it and have decided it's the cutest thing ever. <laughs> nice. Uh, that would make you happy. Yeah, it does. It does. She made a, a picture, a, a drawing of our family. When she, whenever she draws Miles now, she draws Miles with just this giant head. It's really funny. 
Oh, just, poor Miles. <laughs> just this huge head. Hit, hit, move. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, no. Ray keeps painting minis. Paint minis, Ray. And keep yeah, paint pictures. minis, Ray. All right. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of our off-the-shelf segment. We will be back after a short break when we talk about the wisdom of crowds. Woo! I have a lot of stories this week. It's been a busy week. All right. Good stuff. <laughs> We love getting feedback, so please let us know how we're doing by hitting us up at one of the following. You can join us on Patreon, where we post bonus content. You can also message us or tweet at us on the Twitter. Find us at Forgot My Dice. You can join us in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash FMD podcast. If you like the show, the best way for more people to find out about us is to give Forgot My Dice a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Lastly, for those of you seeking experiences beyond our concepts of pleasure and pain, set the Lamont configuration to full hell mode. Oddly, you can find us in several levels of the labyrinth as the only thing playing on the radio. Wait, what? I have such sights to show you, Jonathan. Ah, oh, I need to take your Netflix account away from you. And welcome back. It is, of course, now time for our Wisdom of Crowds, our bi-weekly tabletop news segment. And we're going to get started with uh, something that immediately caught my eye, especially when you texted me about it. <laughs> yes, Hunter's... Inter- oh, you know what I like. Yeah, <laughs> Hunter's Entertainment, uh, the company that has produced Outbreak Undead, Kids on Bikes, and Overlight. And is apparently after my heart. They are making an Altered Carbon RPG. Take my money. <laughs> So there's no word yet on system or what what they're going to do. I, I don't even know if they have a house system. I don't own any of those games. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm a bad I'm a bad person. But yeah, yeah. Resleeving and doing all that. That is going to be a thing very soon in your RPG. I need to watch that. Man, there's so many shows I need to watch with hey, you, the kids. You still haven't watched your Altered Carbon? I, I, I have very limited time to watch anything when the children are, aren't around. You know, there's there's limited space. In limited nights, I can do that. So right Dude, now, Altered Carbon is amazing. Okay, okay, it's on. It's uh, like a, like many things. It's on the list, but you know, there's just so little time without the children. So anyway, uh, but yeah, Altered Carbon uh, coming soon from Hunters Entertainment. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Gen Con, Gen Con probably. Probably. So what you're saying is uh, a, I'm going to buy it, and b, honey, in advance, I'd like to apologize for buying a copy of that. <laughs> All right. Well, you know I'm a big fan of Ryan Lockett, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, well, guess what? He's got a new game coming, and it's called Rome. It's the same world as Near and Far, Islebound, and Above and Beyond. And apparently it's just like a big, giant, open-world game. Uh, you have this, a bunch of continents that you get to explore and, and, and things that you can go do, and it's just complete departure from his normal Euro mechanics. So I'm really excited about that. That just sounds fun. Hmm. Interesting. And it's in the same world as Near and Far and all that? Near and Far, Islebound, and uh, Above and Below. They're all in the same uh, world. So you said it's going to be a uh, an exploration game? What does that mean? Yeah, like a, like an open world game. Think uh, Grand Theft Auto, the, the board game. Wait, it's a video game? No, no, no. It's, it's a board game. But what I'm saying, it's an open world. You can go and do what you want. There's no structure, you know. There's no defined mechanics like a Euro where you're like, this is how you score points. Oh, weird. Huh. That sounds interesting. Uh, Western Legends is that style of game, if you've heard of that. No. Huh. Okay, cool. I am intrigued. Color me intrigued. I'll have to read about that when it comes out. 
Yeah, go uh, go go do a quick internet search for the cover, man. The cover looks so nice. Oh, wonderful radio where I look things up on the internet. So what's really interesting about it, by the way, is it's two to four players and it's only 30 minutes is what they're saying. Weird. That's short. That's like Fireball Island yeah, short. I'm, I'm going to be curious about the uh, the way it all works. But basically, like as you go through, you can you can pick up tools, you can uh, do adventures. Uh, it's going to have like a storybook with it, just like near and far and above and below. And and that's how you score points is like completing adventures and whatnot. That's cool. I can dig that. I heard him talking about it a little bit on a, a podcast, uh, the uh, Going Analog podcast with uh, Shu. He talked a little bit about how it's going to be an open world, how it's a big departure for him, and it's nothing like anything he's done before. And you'll you'll have to send me a link back later for the board. By the way, I I am not finding that. <laughs> uh, go to uh, go to Dice Tower News, and it, I think it's on the front page. Red Raven announces Rome. Huh. Anyway, sorry, sorry for an interruption. It's okay. It's a, it's a big, big, oh, Rome, Rome. I thought yeah, it was like Rome, the city. Rome, I thought like it was Rome, Rome, the city, not Rome. Uh, Rome. That makes sense. Again, though, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, it is. There it is. There it is. All right. Oh, that's a pretty cover. Uh, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. I could dig it. <laughs> you dig it the most. <laughs> God bless you for getting that reference. What? That's a, what do you call it, reference? A Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction reference? Yeah, Royale with cheese? Yeah. Yeah. Again, again, Jonathan, for, for jokes and references to land, they have to be topical and funny, and that was neither. How dare you? <sighs> do you feel the sizzle? Do you feel the sizzle of that burn Did I laid have, on like, you? like, a special on Haterade oh, this week at uh, the Costco? Is your skin blistering? Haterade? Dude, that's, like, my drink of choice. You know me. <laughs> I'm tired too. My hater, my hater is strong today. Uh, I'm just, I'm tired, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired too. I only slept seven and a half hours last night, Jonathan. Just not quite enough. Oh, not you're a poor delicate flower. I know, I know. Actually, it was less. It was six, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> all right, over to me. Uh, over to you. So Wizards of the Coast has officially announced, in conjunction with Penny Arcade, Acquisitions Incorporated, the D&D book, will be released on June 19th of this year, so a couple short months away. Acquisitions Incorporated was a, I think it was a podcast first, and then they started doing live events at like the PAX shows, and it's kind of grown into its own thing. It's kind of a goofy universe, but yeah, they're going to have a basically a 224-page spinoff book, which will give... Uh, players and dms uh character options and backgrounds and uh, it'll have a short campaign which will take you from levels one to six and it'll give you rules to open up a franchise of acquisitions incorporated in uh, the forgotten realms or or your homebrew world because it's a multiverse baby it can be anywhere the cover the, I, I don't know if you've clicked on the story in the thingy but the cover the cover looks uh, different it's got that kind of like penny arcade style their style is unique you know, I actually went back and looked at a bunch of old Penny Arcade cartoons recently, and man, like you, you want to talk about like an evolving style. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's for changed sure. so much. Yeah, well, like any good artist, you know, the more you draw, the better you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yes, that'll be out that soon, and uh, that'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's it's kind of cool that the you know it, it's one of those 
things, you know, the streaming universes and the, the, the playscapes are kind of like syncing up and all that. So it'll, it'll be good for, uh, probably not a book for everybody, but there's a lot of people that'll be a book that'll, you know, get them into the hobby a little bit better. So, and more people playing games is good. It is always good. That is true. That is so true. Next up with you, Jonathan. Plaid Hat has announced a new hero pack for their game Guardians, and it's coming reasonably soon. No specific release date yet, yet, but they have just said it's coming soon. There's a full press release available online, and uh, they're starting to put um, they're starting to put a lot of information into the the Plaid Hat webpage, and that just looks awesome. Like that uh, Guardians actually is a really neat looking game, and it's gotten some really fantastic reviews. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. It's on my list of games I'd really like to play. Oh yeah, that game. Okay. I'm like, why do I recognize that game? <laughs> I had to go to their their page. Yeah, yeah, that game looked cool. Yeah, no, there's there's some good stuff going on with that game. Oh, dude, this is like just basically Overwatch, the board game. Yeah, pretty much. That's cool. I like it. Yeah, that's why I remember it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, new hero. Every time they add in a new hero, it's good times. It's, it is definitely good times. <laughs> so, so you you thought you were so cool, Jonathan? You texted me this, you, you or like you forwarded this email. Like I wasn't in on two of the kickstarters that this was involved with, and had not already read it and put it in the show notes already. Sir, come on, please. I'm a, I'm a gaming professional here. Uh, but John Wick announced as of April 2nd, uh, John Wick has, uh, I believe, sold uh, all the rights to 7th C to Chaosium, makers of uh, many a fine product, including, most notably, Call of Cthulhu. Uh, John is going to uh, move over and join Chaosium as a staff writer, uh, both for uh, the future 7th C products and other stuff which he's a big cthulhu fan so i know that'll be good for him and uh, chaosium is going to help him finish up the kickstarter so that's good for me because i got in on both of them (laughs) i didn't look up what episode we announced it in but uh, a while ago he was having some financial problems and uh uh, much like uh uh, uh, black was it black hat the fake guys uh hell they've got a weird company name is it evil hat evil hat production yeah. yeah Yeah, so yeah, it's good that got all sorted out. I uh, I started going through some because I, I, I got so many of those Seven C books that I just haven't read. I started going through them again, and I need to remember to download one of the eBooks because he uh, John Wick was talking about one of the ones he wrote on Twitter, and I'm like, I need to read those. I've been kind of like looking for a novel, and a novel about a pirate sounds fun. So I'm going to read a pirate Always. book. Yeah, Born Under the Black Flag. I'm going to read that soon. But yeah, Seven C products coming from Chaosium going forward. Are you ready for some huge news? It better be big. The Clone Wars have begun. Star Wars Legion is getting a new box set, and it's all about the Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw this. I saw this. So what comes in this box set? Uh, In this box set, you get, let me go ahead and bring it up, 18 B1 battle droids, which is enough for two cores of units, four droidicas, 14 phase one clone troopers, again, two core units, uh, a BARC speeder, which can even have a sidecar on it. You get yourself some Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Jedi Master, and General Grievous. Oh, nice. Are, are these basically going to be new factions for the game? So can you do, like, like goofy stuff later, like droids versus empires or uh, yeah, rebellion yeah. versus they're, clone they're, troopers? They're new factions. They're new factions. But you, you have two options. You can either play narratively, which uh, prevents them from playing with each other, or <laughs> uh, you can mix and match to your little heart's content dude it's the same system no differences min- miniature games man just do what you want you know if you got a if you got a cool clone troopers army man go fight that empire who cares <laughs> who cares do it i'm down with it i'm down with it yeah yeah that sounds awesome 
Um, you know, I can get behind that a little bit more because uh, I, 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 I'm not a big uh, Rebellion or Empire fan, but I kind of like those robots, and I don't know why because they're kind of they're kind of goofy. But I, I, they're the goofy, goofy I like in in all the right ways. Yeah, yeah, they're the kind of goofy I like. I like those robots. I, I don't know why I like those robots, but I, I, I like those robots. And the clone troopers are all right. They have some cool stuff, but the robots. <laughs> I, I like the droid army. I don't know why. Not Grievous. Are they gonna? Oh, they'll have some, oh yeah. Grievous, oh, D- Grievous Doku would be the baller. Oh, Doku. Oh yeah, I'd be all over the Christopher Lee. Oh God, rest that man's soul. <laughs> oh man, that guy. That guy was a living legend. Oh, so good. I miss me some Christopher Lee. Yeah, I know. I know. Me too. Me too. Have you watched the Howling Two yet? In his honor? No, not yet. Ah, uh, heretic. Heretic. <laughs> well, whatever, Mister. I didn't watch Alter Carbon. I have a good reason for that. So do I. <laughs> anyway, okay, okay. Clone Wars coming to Legion. That's awesome. That 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 has me more intrigued. Like I said, not a big Rebellion Empire guy, but yeah, the the robots. I could get behind the robots. I think I like the robots. I like their ships, and I like uh, it, it, it's so dumb. But you know, what my absolute favorite part of the prequels was was when Anakin and Obi Wan were go, doing that big battle over chorus, whatever, uh, in Episode Three, and the, those those evil robots with like just the saw arms like jumped on their stuff and started tearing it up. I love oh, the that. little the little buzz droids. Yeah, I love that man. They put those in, man. I'm all over that. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. They're doing a lot with uh, droids in this in the system. Oh, ooh, love me the robots. All right, cool, cool, coolness. All right, this is my last story. This popped up the other day. So uh, mark your calendars, 4 p.m. on May 17th, just barely a month away from when this comes out. Uh, D&D is going to have a Dungeons & Dragons weekend in the fine City of Angels. Uh, you can buy a ticket to it for 300 bucks, which gets you a whole bunch of swag if you want to go. But you can watch it streaming as well, which is probably what I'm going to do because I'm not going to drive down to L.A. So this one is called The Descent, and they are going to announce what the next D&D storyline is. And they're going to have celebrities playing adventures either from it or inspired by it. I'm not terribly sure. I think it's from it. So two years ago, we got the Stream of Annihilation, which gave us the Tomb of Annihilation storyline. A year ago, we got the stream of many eyes, which is where we got Xanathar's guide and the water deep stories and Xanathar lives in water deep. So it's all related. So the descent has to be a clue for what the next storyline is. And I can't figure it out. So the art they show is this angel that has four wings and the wings are kind of like star fields because they're like energy or something. And she's blindfolded and she's like pointing a spear or something at these outstretched sort of demony looking arms. And people are trying to like count the arms to like mean something. Uh, there's eight in the picture, but a couple of the arms are obviously sets uh, from the same person. And some of them are singletons. <laughs> so I have no idea what this means. Uh, Planescape, blood war, Zendikar, who knows who knows again, uh, just about a month, May 17th, 4 PM. Go to go to the D and D Twitch and watch some stuff. And there you go. Stuff and things, Jonathan stuff and things. All right, one last bit of news, Robert. Simon has announced that they are going to be producing a board game about wacky races. You remember that cartoon? No. Wait, was it the Hanna-Barbera one? It was the Hanna-Barbera one with yeah. the, you know, the, the dastardly guy and his dog Muttley. It was that the one with the, the dune buggy and <laughs> Yeah, that dune buggy that talked or was that a different game? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I it had a dune buggy and I don't, I can't remember if it talked or not, but either way, they're releasing this, and apparently it's going to have paint, uh, pre-painted minis in it. 
That's cool. So you're going to have uh, uh, the Slag Brothers, the Gruesome Twosome, Penelope Pitstop, Peter Perfect, and all those folks. I mean, it's just, it looks so much fun. It looks like it's going to be uh, super fun, and it's a short game, too, like 30 minutes. Cool. Yeah, so the, the 60s Oh, Captain game, Caveman! Yeah, Captain Caveman. That's and son! Wacky races. <laughs> oh, my God, that just went through my head. Captain Caveman! caveman. And son! <laughs> so there you go bud there you go <laughs> that's awesome. i'm glad i could bring this joy to your life <laughs> it pleases me <laughs> well that wraps up the news which means there's only one last thing to do in this segment and that is to look back a year in the life this is of course our segment where we look at what we co- uh what we deep dove a year ago and we have a bunch of seconds to talk about it and if we want to go over 365 that means hey we better put this sucker back on the table. So, Robert, one year ago, what were we talking about? Forgot My Dice, episode 39, gooey saccharine weirdness. We we deep dove giant killer robots. Which was still such a pleasant surprise. I had I had no idea what that was going to be, and man, it was so much fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that, because, I, I mean... The visuals of that game were so good. If the actual game was kind of bad, <laughs> it would have been such a letdown. But that, yeah, that game sounds super cool. Um, it's super fun. Like uh, the card building mechanic is great. It has this uh, fantastic. Basically, when you take damage, you have to drop cards out of your hand, which is great because that simulates the uh, the destruction that's happening to all of your offensive systems. And I think it's a it's a really clever way of doing mech combat. Sorry, I'm looking at miniatures right now. I remember the robots being cool. The robots are cool. Oh, yeah. Look at them robots. They're so big, too. So I know. Big. I know. You know what I am disappointed out there, Internet? I'm so disappointed in you people who bought the unpainted version of that game. Post more pictures on, on online of fancy paint jobs you have done to your miniatures and I've cool conversions. Yeah. Yeah. There's just not a ton. Not One a ton. guy did like a whole World War II with nose art theme, which was great. Oh, that's cool. Either way, I mean, like, uh, apparently uh, at this at last Gen Con, they had released a uh, expansion, and uh, I have not managed to get my hands on it yet, and I'm, I'm hoping to, to find it at some point this year, because I really like that game. That game was such a pleasant surprise. Those minis are cool. You know what I like about these minis? Um, because of, like, Battletech and, and Gundam and all that, like, uh, there's a very sort of defined look that giant robots sort of have. You know, like anytime mm-hmm. anybody does it, I you know, from like robot jocks and any anytime somebody riffs on it, they always riff on either Gundams or uh, uh, Battletech. Right. Yeah. And, and the giant killer robots, robots have a really different style from all of that. And I, I, I was really impressed by its art direction in that regard. Yeah, They, they very much look like uh, transformed um, construction machinery. Yeah. Yeah. I could buy that. A lot, a lot which, of long and thinness. Gives them and, a more solid you know foot in reality i guess you could say yeah yeah it just like i said it was just different it just had a it, it had its own style and you yeah. know you could buy that these were things that sort of evolved on their own and you know because they weren't they weren't obviously people just riffing off of <laughs> gundam or battletech so yeah 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 I, I i really dug that game oh man look at those minis man i need to start painting minis damn it ray you're gonna make me start painting minis again i barely have time for any of that you poor thing i know i know do you hear that, Jonathan? Do you hear that? Is that just in my mind? violin in the world playing My Heart Bleeds for You? Yeah, I hear it. I hear that. 
Have you gotten it off the shelf in the last year? Please tell me you have. Yes, a couple times. Uh, Carlos really likes it, so we've played a couple matches. Nice. You should figure out a way to live stream that so I can, like, you know, live vicariously through you and watch it. I think it. we can probably make that happen. Oh, look at that little robot with the, the wheels and the missiles. All right, all right. There's a lot to like there, man. Like, that yeah. game totally surprised me. Totally surprised me. Yeah. Word. All right. Well, if we set up a stream, we'll let you guys know. We'll post it somewhere. All right. Well, that brings us, of course, to the end of our look back at last year, which means it's time for another quick break. And when we return, we are going to deep dive potion explosion. So in your mind, I want you to remember that gif of that guy where his mind's exploding and there's like rainbows coming out because that's what you need to see. Are you talking about that scene from Scanners? I don't know if it's Scanners. I don't know the movie it's from. Scanners is great. Great explosion. explosion. I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know either. Let's just let's just go. Fair enough. We'll be right back. Do you have a tabletop, board game, miniature game, or RPG that you're going to release for retail? Or do you have an upcoming tabletop Kickstarter that you're about to launch? We would love to interview you for a future episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. Send us an email to fmdpodcast2016 at gmail.com to schedule an interview. Welcome back. It is now, of course, time for our deep dive. And on tonight's deep dive, we're going to take a look at what happens when you take fairy dandruff, mix it with a dash of dragon smoke, slather it within a bit of ogre mucus, and then just put that single drop of unicorn tears in to make a potion explosion. Dear students, it's time for the final exams of the potions class. The rules are always the same. Take an ingredient marble from the dispenser and watch the others fall. If you connect marbles of the same color, they explode and you can take them too. Complete your potions using the marbles you collect and drink them to unleash their magical power. Remember, though, that to win the Student of the Year award, being quick won't be enough. You also need to brew the most valuable potions in Potion Explosion! So where do we even begin with this game? Uh, I mean, like, it's a physical version of uh, Bejeweled, essentially. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of saying it. Yeah, that's that's kind of where it starts out. So uh, when you open the box, especially if you get the, the current edition, which has a, a plastic uh, one of these, because the older ones had cardboard, and then you had to assemble it, and I'm sure that was fun. But uh, yeah, you, you, there's a uh, dispenser, uh, is what they call it. Uh, it's got five rows in it, and there's just a whole ton of marbles. You throw the marbles into the dispenser, they come out in the little rows. You can kind of see there's there's eight clearly on the row, and then you can kind of see the ninth one kind of poking out. But you can't you can't take the ninth one. You can only take the eight. And uh, yeah, the name of the game is uh, combos. Really? Yeah, yeah. On your game turn, you can do all of these in any order. <laughs> you can take a marble, and like I said in the little beginning thing, if you take a marble and then two marbles of the same color smash into each other. They explode, and you can take those too. And if it happens again, you can you can do it. I. It should be said that the dispenser is is slightly angled so that the marbles yes. roll down naturally. So when you remove one, they they clearly roll a bit down, and and there's a really satisfying actual physical click as they come together. Right, and and they have to click together. They can't like roll down together. So if you take a marble and there's two blues above it, and the two blues sort of roll down and then hit a red, that doesn't count. They have to like hit together. 
but yeah, you, you can, you can take one of those and have all these explosions happen. My record is 17 <laughs> or no, no, I, I cleared a dispenser. I don't even know what it was. I had so many marbles, Jonathan. I had so many marbles. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And I, I was, it was completely unintentional. It just sort of, it worked. It, it I, I just won the hopper gamble. <laughs> well, you, you can only know so much of what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can only know nine and there's like a good, another like six or seven up in there that you just can't see. So like I said, I, I just won the lotto on that turn, but it was a good turn. It was a good turn, Jonathan. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you take a marble and you can create an explosion. You can ask the professor for help, in which point you take a minus two point token and you could pull a marble off of anywhere. And those don't explode, but it's a way you can set up a combo because if you see a combo that'll like be really good for you, it might be worth taking the minus two to get all, all that stuff because you could maybe complete, you know, 10 points of potions and you know doing that for minus two is not a big deal you could use the ingredients so you take them out of your hand and uh, you have like a little uh stand in front of you that's supposed to be like a couple of bunsen burners or something and you've got two potions that can be cooking on that and everybody starts with two potions basically they just have slots in them that correspond to colors you know so there's black yellow red and blue and then there's you know it's like oh this potion might take you know one black two yellows and three blues or something like that and if you fill them all up then you make the potion and uh, you you take it and then at that point you can drink it you can't replenish your potions until after your turn's over though so if you manage to make all your potions during your turn you're pretty much done there's not much else you can do uh, also on the side, you have sort of a holding zone where you can hold three marbles. I, I, I forget what they call it, but yeah, it's this little thing. That is the ingredient pool. Yeah, yeah, the ingredient pool. So yeah, you can have three things in your ingredient pool. You can complete a potion. You can drink a potion, and potions are pretty cool. Um, the game comes with eight of them, and in any game, you're supposed to eliminate two uh, randomly out, out of your, your, your pool. But all the different potions have different effects, and they do a lot of different things, and we can get into that a little later. If you can't put use all your marbles, or if you finish a potion, you, you throw them just back in the thing, and you're not supposed to like try to direct them. You're just supposed to sort of throw them in as randomly as you can and just let them fall where they will. And uh, and then you can end your turn. And and that is about it. The different potions are worth different points. The biggest one I saw was 11 and the smallest one I saw was like three, I think, although those are pretty rare. Four is much more common. There were definitely a lot of fours. I'm not terribly sure about the three now that I'm thinking about it. But I went anyway, whatever. Four and eleven. We'll just go with that. <laughs> you know, Robert, when, when you break down the when you break down the rules in this game, it's really phenomenal um, just how much depth they get out of it. You know that? I mean, there's just so much strategy to be explored in terms of which potions you're taking. Uh, you know, controlling the flow of of, of colors uh, that are coming out of the dispenser and just well, and then um, the different types of potions because one of the what you can get bonus points, uh, which they call skill tokens. And uh, if you make three potions of the same kind, or if you make five different potions, you can take one of these. They're four-point tokens, basically. And they're also the, the timing mechanic, because you have two of them out for every player you have. So when I played a three-player game, there were six of them out. But there's no limit on how many you can get. I actually got four, because I, I had five potions, and I also managed to have three different versions of three different potions. So I ended up with four of the six of those. And I won by a mile because <laughs> that that was also because I like had cleared my my board and then I had gotten two new potions. And then that was the turn that I got all of those marbles and I cleared two more potions immediately. It was great. It was a great <laughs> game. It was so good, Jonathan. I there was no skill in that one. That was there. There was a lot of blind luck in that that game, but it, it worked out well in my favor. Um, I mean, I played well. I had to have played well. 
because I was going after very specific things. I had a strategy. It just it worked out really well. <laughs> I believe it. And then um, and yeah, once you run out of those, basically everybody gets an equal amount of turns. So if I went first and I complete the game, that means everybody else gets to go. And then that's it. The game's over and you add up your points. And, and, and that's the basics of it. You pull a marble and then you can do stuff. And, and it's all about setting up combos because like the potions you drink can do stuff and affect the board and see. Yeah, there's 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 six potions that you you can create and therefore unlocking them for use in, in the game. The potion of wisdom lets you take a single extra marble from the dispenser without using up your action. The elixir of blind love lets you steal all of your opponent's ingredients from their pool, which is the, the things that they've set aside for later use. The potion of magnetical attraction lets you take two adjacent ingredients of different colors from the same slide of the dispenser, uh, which gives you really great flexibility in in, uh, basically completing potions. The potion of prismatic joy, you can put all the ingredients from your pool on any of the holes necessary to complete a potion, meaning that it basically makes them into wild cards. Mm -hmm. The abyssal draft lets you take one ingredient of each color from the bottom row of the dispenser. The Sands of Time lets you reactivate any of the previous potions that you've used. Uh, the Bomb of Utter Stickiness lets you take two or more ingredients of the same color from the same slide track. And then finally, the Filter of Lava Mancing lets you discard up to five ingredients of one color from the same slide uh, track of the dispenser. It's not just about what you can do for yourself and creating new potions. It's all about also about controlling what colors are available to other players. Yeah, and we should mention all of the potions... All of them come with the caveat that you cannot make explosions by using them. The only way to make an explosion is your your one pick. So you only get, really get one opportunity to make a potion explosion, but all of these other things are there to set it up if that's, if that's what you're doing. And, and yeah, I, I, sometimes on turns, you know, like... There's no real good combo I can get for like a color that I need to you know complete a potion. But sometimes it's like you know what if I take it out of this track though, and and even if I, I did that to Gina once, like she really needed reds, and there was this track with like four reds in it, and I'm like I'll just take all of those even though I can't use them, and I'll throw them back in because you know what she can't use them next turn. <laughs> I've been there. It, it's a really simple game, but yeah, just the strategy of of knowing what to grab and and you know which potion to use when and and what to go after because uh oh we didn't go over the 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 board setup but um basically what you do is you eliminate your two potions that you're not going to use because it comes with eight and then all the expansions add there's a bunch that they've added you take two of them out so you only have six and then you are you just shuffle them all up and put those six into five equal-ish piles of potions and then you just take one off the top to brew uh when you have a space and you do that after your turn ends so you can't like you can't make more than two potions in a single turn but yeah yeah i mean just knowing what to take and looking for you know it's like combos you have and and like the sands of time is a really really powerful potion because if you have if you have a lot that you've already made even if you've used them it gives you a lot of versatility in what you can do on your turn i actually played with my seven-year-old and she made a bunch of those at the start but she didn't really have anything to use them with and you know it was kind of it was kind of a mistake on her part but it was you know her first game and she's seven i'm not going to blame her overly much and even then uh that was the game i won by a mile i got 72 points jonathan 72 points uh gina got 46 and and my aon got 42 (laughs) wow yeah you know, if you don't beat them nearly as badly, they'll play again. Yeah, oh, no, I was on fire that game, man. <laughs> I, I, the 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 gods of gaming were smiling upon me. It was it was glorious. Like it was it was uh, yeah, I was just wrecking. Now there are some negative points as well. 
the little help. Yeah, the little help. And I had several of those too because I was just like setting up combos and stuff. I, I, because that's the thing. Uh, Gina, I noticed really didn't like taking those, and I was like, you know what? If I can complete a potion that's worth more than the value of that this turn by taking it, it's worth doing. Because if I can't do it, then I'm I'm wasting opportunity. You know. So I, I was really liberal with that. What Gina was trying to do that game, she said, was uh, she was trying to take all the cheap potions and just try to get like you know quantity over quality i was i was trying to get sets like that's what i was fishing for i i wasn't really looking at at complexity really and then my daughter was just getting everything big because you know she's seven so the big potions must be better like i said i had that phenomenal game like i, I the, my showing in that game was not entirely me i i got some really lucky pulls so but the fact that you know gina and my daughter had very almost opposite goals you know one of them was taking all the small stuff and one of them was taking all the big stuff and they all, there was only like what a three four point difference between the two of them that that says a lot to sort of the balance of the game and and you know, just having a strategy and going for it, it can be effective. And, you know, like any game, there is an element of luck because, you know, when they come out of the dispenser, you don't always see what you're going to get. <laughs> and sometimes it'll work out really well in your favor. So now we both read this rule book. What did you think? Uh, it was really good. I, I really, I, I agree. I thought it was great. Yeah, I really, really want to get this game because like the rule book is 12 pages and easily half of that is just assembly instructions for the, the cardboard dispenser. And I'm like, if I get the plastic dispenser, that won't be a problem. Yay. Yeah. The actual factual rules of the game, I think are only on like four or five pages. It's not that bad because like there's the, the splash image and the credits page and that's two of the 12. And then the back one is just what all the potions do. And then, yeah, like the actual rules only take up like four or five of that. Like the rules are, are dirt simple. And because your turn is so loose, you know, there's not a lot of steps to memorize. So they just can kind of dump it and it doesn't really matter, you know, because it's like you can do like everything on your turn. There's no turn order. You know, it's not like magic where you have to do the thing, the thing, the thing, the thing. It's like this is your turn. Do all of the things. And then once your turn's over, replenish your potions. Done. That, that flexibility, though, is one of the things that makes the game really interesting and dynamic. And it never plays the same twice. No, no, it really doesn't. And, and that's what's fun. Our first game, uh, me and Gina played it by ourselves uh, to learn it. And yeah, our first game, it, w- it was much closer. Uh, she, I think she won, but I think she only won by like two or three. Uh, we were in like the high 50s. Say what you will about Eric. This isn't really a dexterity game because, you know, you don't have to be that dexterous to pull them out of the, the thing, I guess. But there's just something really just fun about having like this tangible thing in front of you that you're pulling and, and looking for combos kind of like, you know, like like bejeweled. You know, it's just... Uh, there's just something nice about it, like like doing it. It just feels really good. You know, it's like it's like our game last week, you know, Fireball Island, just the, rolling marbles, doing something physical with something. It's it's just, I don't know, Jonathan, it works for me. It feels good. The physicality <laughs> of it is is half the magic. I mean, honestly, like it it, it takes it from a, a nine to a solid ten. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure you could do that game with like cards or something. But yeah, just the marbles just makes it so, and it gives it such great presence. You can do it with cards, you could do it with cardboard chits, but those marbles just feel so good. Yeah, yeah, it just gives the game such a presence. Which I guess means we moved on from the rule book and are talking about the components. <laughs> I, I, you know, I haven't played the plastic version of the game. I've, I've, I've played the original and I love it. I'm picking on the cardboard one. The cardboard dispenser is is a little rough. I, if there's a weak point in the game, that's it. But even then, if you're taking care of your game at home, because I had the library version, I don't know how many people that thing had been through, but it's it. And it, don't get me wrong, it was a little beat up. 
but it wasn't that bad. It was holding together. Well, uh, I think, uh, if, if it was mine, I would have taped up the bottom. Cause every time I picked it up, this like one bottom piece would fall out and everything would fall apart out after that. It would be this like, like this hilarious, like cartoonish thing, you know, where the, the one piece falls off your car and then the whole thing just turns into parts, you know, <laughs> but yeah, just, just a little tape and, and it just that one dumb piece on the bottom, it's this bottom cross beam. And, and I, I think it would have been fine. If it was mine, I would have, that would have been way done already. Just a little, little Elmer's glue. <laughs> it would have, would have solved a lot of problems, but I, I think it works really, really well. I mean, honestly, like, and, and the way the box is laid out is really clever because it gives you storage room for everything built up. Yeah, I, my library copy didn't have that. You know that? Oh, oh yeah, no the the core box. Uh, I saw when, when, I saw it. It's in it's in the manual. They they it's like yeah. this is how you put it all back together. And I'm like, oh man, I want that because it everything sliding around in the box was not good for it. <laughs> Do you see the, the the plastic one though? It has a drawer in the back where you can put all the marbles in it, so you don't have to like oh, put them in cool. a bag. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh hey, come here, Alan. Hey, we're talking about potion explosion, honey. Yeah. <laughs> Say hi to Mr. Jonathan. Hi. Hi, sweetie. How are you? I'm doing good. You making good friends over there? Yep. I like to hear that. I like to hear that a lot. Oh, hold on. One thing, Ewan. Since we're talking about it, you play Potion Explosion. What do you think of it? I like it a lot. What do you like about Potion Explosion? Uh, I think I liked, I like the marbles clicking because it's a fun sound. And like, yeah. We were just talking about that, how physical it is, and the marbles are, are very satisfying. Cool. That transcends generations. I had lots of fun. <laughs> Thank you, Gina. <laughs> all right, all right, away with you women. Our estrogen is most messing with your... <laughs> Good night, Alan. Good night. So yeah, that was my daughter coming in saying hi. So yeah, uh, I played the game, I think player counts the only thing we haven't covered. I played it with two people, and it worked. I played it with three, and it worked. And honestly, I can't tell you if it worked better or worse. It made it longer because, you know, somebody else was taking a turn. Yeah, it definitely makes it a little longer. And there can sometimes be a little analysis paralysis with folks, especially my wife. But I mean, honestly, like it, it's still a pretty straightforward and to the point game. Yeah, I think it's one of those weird games. It's one of those magic games where there's not a really good player count because it works. I mean, it's minimum two. And yeah, I mean, adding more people just makes it take longer, but it doesn't. I don't think it does anything. You know, it it's it plays good with two and it plays good with more. Yeah, I agree that's, completely. That's weird. I hadn't thought about that. All right, so uh, we mentioned some of the expansions, and I just wanted to cover them because there's a bunch. <laughs> so uh, I mentioned the second edition that has the plastic tray. That's awesome. There's Potion Explosion, the fifth ingredient, which adds an ectoplasm. Ooh. Uh, ectoplasm, from what I was reading, is basically wild cards. You can use a white marble for anything. Uh, I, I think that's what I saw on the internet. Um, it also adds in um, some new potion types that you can add into the mix. There is the potion explosion, the sixth student, which means at some point in here, we've got a fifth player added, which maybe is in the second edition. I'm not sure because the, the game version I had was two to four players. So, but it adds rules for up to six player games. Uh, it gives you a plastic tray, uh, the same one from second edition. So if you have the first edition and you want that plastic tray, just go get that expansion. You get a plastic tray. Yay. And uh, it gives you rules for like using both of them, which sounded kind of weird. Like you, there's a thing where you, you dump marbles into one and then like a bell rings or something and you dump marbles into the other one and you can only take from one or the other. And it kind of adds more variety to it, which sounds kind of kind of weird, but I guess it works. It adds a new ingredient called mandragora. It's some sort of flower. Man. What's that word? Mandragon? Mandrag. It's called like mandragora or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, it comes with new potions because, uh, of course, it does. 
And uh, that's it. And then they've had a couple of promotional things I saw on Board Game Geek, you know, where you can get a pa- packs of new potions uh, that are, you know, like con exclusives, I guess. I mean, pretty basic when it comes to expansions, like adding in more ingredients. Uh, the, the thing with the two hoppers kind of, or the two dispensers kind of sounds interesting because especially if you have the ectoplasm and that other new one, you probably have enough marbles to give a lot of variety to both. So I don't know. That sounds fun. A lot of, a lot of good like expansion material for the game. So I guess that's good. So Jonathan, any, do you have any, yeah. uh, any other thoughts for this game? Any final, final words, anything we didn't mention, anything we're saying, uh, you know, nothing that we didn't already talk about. I mean, just, it's such a straightforward game, but looking at the rules on paper is a, is a betrayal of the amount of thought that you can put into this game. There is just so much that you can do and so many different ways to approach it. And there's a thousand and one different ways to calculate out a win. Like I, I just, that's one of my favorite things about the game. I just really, really enjoyed myself with it. And and it's one of those games that just benefits so much from the physical aspect of it. You know? Yes. Yes, it do. I've borrowed a lot of games from the library thus far, and up until Fireball Island, uh, I none of them got on my list of things I need to buy, but Potion Explosion is definitely very high on that list for me right now. I, I think I really need to get this game. It's uh, It also hits that sweet spot because, like you heard, uh, even though it says 14 and up, <laughs> um, my seven-year-old played it, and she did okay. You know, she got it. Was she making optimal moves? Probably not, but, you know, she got it. And that comes with time. That comes with time. But yeah, it's something that kids can play because, you know, basic reading and pulling marbles. I mean, how hard is that? So, yeah, if you got kids and uh, and we are like the 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 wacky dad board gaming podcast. So you probably have kids if you're listening to us. I'd go out of my way and guess that. Yeah, get it because, you know, pretty young yeah, kids can it, get it. It's a good family game. Yeah, is, it's a pro- uh, it's approachable enough that I even got Jessica to play it and she loved it. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Sounds right up her alley. Well, Robert, I guess that brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. I got nothing to add to that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Why don't you give us a rundown of all the wonderful ways that people can keep in touch with us and all the the different ways that we want to hear from them. I'm still technically on Pinterest, but I haven't done much with it in a long time. Uh, Definitely our Facebook group, though. Lots of people on the Facebook group. I'm toying around with Reddit, so maybe that'll be a thing sooner or later. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. We'll find out. Uh, you can do us on Twitter at Forgot My Dice. <laughs> Choose a better word. You can do what? Phrasing? Oh, you can do us on Twitter. <laughs> Phrasing. You can find us on Twitter at Forgot My Dice. Better choice. <laughs> um, we were on Google Plus, but not any longer. God rest its soul. No one's on Google Plus. That's true. Bum, bum, ba, bum. Meow. Is there anything else I'm missing? Oh, Patreon. Yeah, become our patrons. Bam. Well, then I guess that brings us to the very, very end, Robert. And as always, catch us again in another couple of weeks when we come back and talk about more nonsense and generally make the Internet a slightly happier place. That's our goal. Positive podcast. Positive podcast. Positive podcast. It's easy to find hate on the Internet. There's so much hate and snarky reviews on the Internet, but we give happy reviews because you know what? I've played games I haven't enjoyed and you know what I haven't done? I talked about them because what's the point? If you want to read a bad yeah, review of a game, you can, you can find it. <laughs> it's easy. So, Robert, at this point, I have to ask final thoughts. All right. So the difference between cyberpunk and noir I went over that. Cyberpunk has the inadvertent technology. So what is noir, you might ask? How do you make a noir-based game? Well, it's pretty simple. Uh, Everybody's incredibly corrupt. Uh, Typically, there is a class struggle in noir. There is like the haves 
and the have-nots. Uh, you see that in Veronica Mars with the O-Niners and the poor people. Interestingly, in Ravnica, I got away with it with the guild, the gilded, the guild people, and the guildless. So, yeah, yeah, noir, interesting genre. Lots there to think about. Oh, oh, did I tell you about my, my awesome addition to Ravnica canon, by the way? Did I, did I, Jonathan? No. Okay. Okay, so I was reading some Shadowrun adventures, the old Shadowrun adventures for a little inspiration uh, because the game got delayed by two weeks, so I had a little extra time. And uh, one of the things that comes up a lot in Shadowrun are these guys called Go Gangs. Do you know what a Go Gang is in Shadowrun, Jonathan? Not off the top of my head. Have you seen Akira? Of course. Okay, the the biker gang in Akira. Those are go gangs. Ah, okay. Okay, that that's what they call them in Shadowrun, but it's it's that concept. Okay, so I read that, and there's go gangs in Shadowrun, and and since Shadowrun's noir and fantasy and science fiction, and you know, and I'm kind of rev- doing the inverse of that with Ravnica, I was like, I gotta have go gangs in you know, because that's that's a cyberpunk thing, and I gotta have it. But how am I gonna have that in Ravnica? And I was like, well, go gang to me says goblin gang obviously right go goblin right right easy association i'm following you but what are they gonna ride jonathan what are they gonna ride magical motorcycles are dumb right i don't like it i don't like magical motorcycles but i was thinking like the throbbing of the engines because like choppers right even though they don't ride choppers in akira but like the throbbing of choppers i'm like what can give you that experience and i was reminded when I was in college, no, when I was in college, this group of bats got into my rafters and nested over my room. And so I'd wake up and I wouldn't like hear it, but I'd like feel it in my skull. And I was like, what so it could truly be said that there was a bat in your belfry? Yes. Yes. Jonathan. Truth. Truth. So I was like, what if they rode giant flightless bats? And instead of hearing the rumble of the, Im- of the engines, you just sort of like felt it in the back of your skull, like the echolocation hitting you and you can't quite hear it, but you can sort of feel it coming. And then they like come out and because they're bats, right? They don't actually have to like ride on the ground. They can like ride on the walls too with those goo. You know how bats like run with the, their goofy long thing fingers, but they don't fly. They just run like that. And that is go gangs and Ravnica. I like it. You are welcome. Have you ever seen that uh, video of the um, uh, of the vampire bat running on the ground in in slow motion when they were doing an analysis of it? No, but I need to now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's amazing. Like if they were if they were the size of people, they would run at thirty five miles an hour. Yeah, right, right. And think of a crazy ass like like jacket clad with spikes, like biker goblin on the back of that. I mean, like I'm down. Yeah, like you sold me. Right. And this is why I should be your game master, people, because I come up like with stuff like that for Ravnica. Boom. Boom. Patreon stretch goal. Finn. I run games good. And we need to play Microscope, Jerk. I know. Because I, 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 I'm working. I have an idea of how to play that by post, and then maybe we could have like a Forgot My Dice game on the, on Facebook or something. But I, I, I need to like test some stuff out before I can do that. So see if it's actually feasible. So we need to play, son. That is like three final thoughts. I think I, I, I am over overspent on the, the final thoughts in this episode. Well, that means there's only one last thing left to do, Robert. Did I lose you? No. I, well, yeah. I, did you say party on? I didn't hear that. No, not yet. I, I, was, I was waiting for you to say what. Sorry. I thought you were saying what. What? <laughs> no, not, not what with a question mark. What? What more like a statement. What, what? What, what? What, what? What, what? What? I'm gonna pop some tags. Only got twenty dollars in my pocket. I'm 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 hunting, looking for a come up. This is forking awesome. Party on, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Party on, Jonathan. I should have come up with it like a noir soliloquy. Soliloquy. You know, where they, they like look at the camera in the rain smoking a cigarette and like talk to the camera. It's like, you know. I don't know. Some, now you have something to uh, work But on. it's not topical because I was talking about noir. Yeah. The music you heard in this podcast was intro by Elifiel. Additional music was provided by Brian Winkleman. Funding for the Forgot My Dice podcast was provided by our supporters on Patreon. Thank you 